Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Show we have for you today. Lots of videos to show you. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show as well. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. Edward Snowden has been granted Russian citizenship. President Vladimir Putin on Monday granted Russian citizenship to Edward J. Snowden, the former U.S. intelligence contractor who became one of the world's most high-profile fugitives after he disclosed mass surveillance techniques on news, uh, to news organizations. Mr. Snowden said in 2020 that he was applying for Russian citizenship, describing the request as a practical measure to give his family greater freedom crossing borders. His request was granted by Mr. Putin in a decree dated Monday and published by the Kremlin. Mr. Snowden, 39, was among dozens of foreigners granted citizenship in the decree. Good. Good for him. Good for him. Remember, the Obama administration trapped Edward Snowden in Russia in the first place. He was trying to go through Russia to get to somewhere else with his family, and then the Obama administration used whatever powers they could to keep him in Russia, and so he said, all right, fine. (laughs) I'll stay here then. So good for him. He has been reunited with his family, and that's wonderful to see. You know what also would be wonderful to see? Any sort of consequences to the revelations that he made. Wouldn't that also have been nice to see when Edward Snowden revealed that the NSA and spy state of this country was vastly exceeding its constitutional prerogatives, that something was actually done to reverse that? That would have been nice, wouldn't it have been? But it didn't. So here we are. This week, the Oath Keepers will be on trial, including leader Stuart Rhodes. From Gateway Pundit, Oath Keepers forced to go on trial on bogus sedition conspiracy charges five weeks before midterms. Governor denies them discovery, arrests their key witnesses. Jury bias and unethical judges plagues the kangaroo court. Democrats desperate to retain power. I think that's all uh, fairly accurate. Fact check true. A group of Oath Keepers, including uh, leader Stuart Rhodes, will be forced to go on trial prematurely this week after numerous attempts by their attorneys to push the trial until January and outside of Washington, D.C. The presiding judge, Amit Mehta, denied their motions for change of venue and continuance. This is what they've been waiting for, a seditious conspiracy conviction to prove January 6th was in fact an insurrection and to tie it all to Trump to prevent him from running again and even possibly to use to arrest him. We'll be covering this extensively in today's program, show you some videos of Stuart Rhodes from yesterday. The trial should begin today, I believe. Also, of course, it's been revealed as part of the trial that they did in fact, the FBI did in fact have clandestine forces inside the Oath Keepers, meaning the whole thing is, in fact, a dog and pony show. U.S. Congress negotiators set nearly $12 billion in new Ukraine aid. That's right. Just tack it on top. Just just another 12. What's another 12 billion between friends, right? Again, we'll cover that later in the show. NASA's vending machine-sized spacecrafts spacecraft crashes into football stadium-sized asteroid in the world's first planetary defense test. 
This is only a test of planetary defense. Today, our DART mission is set to crash into a non-hazardous asteroid to test deflection technology should we ever discover a threat. And here you can see the video of the actual crash taking place if you believe in things like space. (laughs) Still debatable. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of cool, actually. Kind of cool. Kind of the type of thing that we should have been doing since the 70s if we hadn't gotten a little bit off track here in America, you might say. (laughs) Incredible. German government thinks Russian gas pipelines could have been deliberately sabotaged. What by who? Uh, the newspaper Tagesspiegel reports that a sudden loss of pressure in the three natural gas pipelines between Russia and Germany is likely to have been a targeted attack carried out by either Russia or Ukraine. Hmm. Who has a vested interest in destroying Russian property? Hmm. Let's let me think about that. I'm going to have a good think about that. You come back on the other side. We'll continue the show. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this thing, get everybody in the stuff together. Okay. All right, welcome back, folks. I forgot today was a, a an extra large, super special Daily Dispatch. There's another story I forgot to get to, and oh, it's a doozy, all right. Detection of messenger RNA COVID-19 vaccines in human breast milk. It's been it's been discovered. Just incredible. I just I okay. All right. Well, we'll just read this. Okay, we'll just read this verbatim. Vaccination is a cornerstone in fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. However, the initial messenger RNA vaccine clinical trials excluded several vulnerable groups, including young children and lactating individuals. (laughs) <laughs> Whoo, boy, just that one sentence, huh? Just the, or just those two sentences, I guess. Just, whew. yeah, vaccination is a cornerstone in fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, kind of in the same way gasoline is a cornerstone of uh, fighting a house fire. However, the initial messenger RNA vaccine trials excluded several vulnerable groups, including young children, and lactating individuals. Lactating individuals. <laughs> not breastfeeding mothers. <laughs> not breastfeeding women. Lactating in, like they're cows. Okay. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration deferred the decision to authorize COVID-19 mRNA vaccines for infants younger than six months until more data are available because of the potential priming of the children's immune responses that may alter their immunity. The Center for Disease Control Prevention recommends offering COVID-19 mRNA vaccines to breastfeeding individuals, although the possible passage of vaccine mRNAs in breast milk resulting in infants' exposure at younger than six months was not investigated. The study investigated whether COVID-19 vaccine mRNA can be detected in the expressed breast milk of lactating individuals receiving the vaccine within six months after delivery, and of course it was. Yes, of 11 lactating individuals enrolled, trace amounts of the mRNA COVID-19 vaccines were detected in seven samples from five different participants at various times up to 45 hours post-vaccination. This means the yield of EVs isolated from EMB or something, something, something. The point is the vaccine travels through your breast milk and they lied to you. (laughs) So just so we're clear, 
recently revealed about the vaccine is uh, it doesn't work. It's more dangerous and more likely to cause massive side effects than COVID is to be a severe case. These all from Harvard studies and various other studies. Ivermectin is extremely successful at preventing serious cases and can actually cure COVID-19. It's not safe for pregnant women, actually. Oops, sorry about that. We forced it on you before we knew whether it was safe or not. Now we know it's not, so sorry about that. Uh, And, of course, now it can be found in breast milk and get into kids under the age of six months and screw up their entire immune system. So I guess it's kind of like a crime against humanity. I guess when you take it all into account, everything that the vaccine pushers did amounts to Nuremberg trial levels, crimes against humanity and children, and will have effects for years that we can't even imagine. So that's that's the update. (laughs) That's the update. There it is. Uh, of course, none of this is new to us here at InfoWars because we've been covering all of this with the eye of a actual scientist, not a trademark scientist, not a scientist TM, not a science exclamation point, but science period. Science, the way that you look at things with an open mind and determine what the facts are and then pursue those facts regardless of how it makes you feel or whether it affects the bottom line of some giant pharmaceutical company. So it wasn't that hard to figure out that all of this stuff was either a possibility or a certainty. It's just we were silenced and ignored, and now this is all coming out. We're told that there was no way we could have known that. We're just being told it now. Strange because we were saying this a year and a half ago, or at least saying, why are they not testing these things? Why are they not doing the the tests for these vulnerable groups before giving it to these vulnerable groups? Maybe it's because they knew the entire time that the outcome would be negative. And so first they had to roll it out and then they can slow leak out the revelations that all of what we were saying was true, but do it in a way that doesn't cause mass blowback. Well, There should be mass blowback. There should be massive, unrelenting blowback until these criminals that have poisoned entire generations are brought to justice. But hey, that's just my opinion. Who am I? Just an American citizen, that's all. Just trying to express my First Amendment right. We'll see how long that goes. Now, we have a big case this week. It is the Oath Keepers and Stuart Rhodes. Again, I love the way that uh, Gateway Pundit puts it. Oath Keepers forced to go on trial on bogus, seditious conspiracy charges five weeks before midterms. The government denies them discovery, arrests their key witnesses, jury bias, and unethical judges plague the kangaroo courts. Democrats are desperate to retain power. Yes, this is, in all ways you can imagine it, a show trial. And yet it's very real for the people involved who – may very well be spending years behind prison for these falsified charges that make absolutely no sense. Stuart Rhodes, at least, never actually even went into the Capitol building. He was just nearby. And, of course, if you read the charging documents, they try to phrase things like the the stack, the, the military stack that the Oath Keepers used to penetrate the congressional building. And then you see what it is, and... It's a bunch of dudes with their shoulders, with their hands on the shoulder of the person in front of them so that they can more easily move through the crowd. It's, uh, I guess, yeah, throw them in jail for years for that. I mean, that's 
that's what we do here in America, right? After all, one thing that the First Amendment does not do is, is allow you to express disagreement with the American government. Trust me, I'm a liberal. Let's go to video 21 here. This is Oath Keepers leader Stuart Rhodes talking yesterday about what it's like to be sitting in prison in solitary confinement for months knowing that you have done absolutely nothing wrong. What other distance in the past have gone through? You know, the founding, founding generation, they were, they, were on, they were in horrible, horrible conditions as prisoners of war in, in British prison ships in New York Harbor. You know, it's horrible conditions. This is nothing like that. This is nothing like what Solzhenitsyn went through in the Soviet Union. This is nothing like what uh, Nelson Mandela went through in South Africa for 20 years. So, you know, we understand that. And, of course, this was posted by our good friend Ron uh, Filipowski in some way trying to mock Stuart Rhodes for comparing himself to Solzhenitsyn and Nelson Mandela. Of course, if you actually listen to the clip we just heard, he was saying this is nothing compared to what other dissidents in the past have gone through. He's keeping a cheerful and upbeat demeanor, which, again, is just testament to the, I don't know, force of will these guys have. I mean, it really is admirable the way these guys who are sitting in prison rotting are are able to keep a perspective that I'm not sure I could I could handle. I think I would be freaking out. These guys they understand this is what happens when you have a totalitarian government. It is in a perverse way justification for everything that they believe, right? In in some weird reverse action it is confirmation of everything that the Oath Keepers have been saying and have been fighting against the entire time. Absolutely incredible. Of course, we have a lot of uh, updates to this. We're going to show you some videos from January 6th of Oath Keepers doing the unthinkable on January 6th, actually helping the Capitol Police. But don't let a little bit of eyewitness evidence convince you. They're seditionist. They're treasonous. They are enemies of the state that they swore an oath to serve and joined a group to continue to uphold that oath. Defense attorneys and oath keepers case file motion uh, file a motion to reveal the identities of the federal informants inside the oath keepers organization. We'll get into that and show you some more videos on the other side as we continue our coverage of the war against patriots happening on all fronts. One of the great battles is about to begin. Will the trial of Stuart Rhodes lead to the uh, arrest of Donald Trump? That's what they're hoping for. How will they scheme to get it? Stay tuned. Find out. Sold out for more than a year and a half because of supply chain breakdowns. Our best-selling product, Super Blue, is finally back in stock. The original available at InfoWarsStore.com. And it only came in three weeks ago, and already half of our stock has sold out. So thank you all for the support. But Super Blue has a lot of fans. And you can get it for 40% off by itself. But when you get it in the trifecta with our activated charcoal toothpaste infused with essential oils, so great for your mouth and gums, you can get it for 50% off with Super Coral whitening toothpaste as well. 
So get the trifecta for 50% off together or 40% off individually at InfoWarsStore.com. You'll have great health with your gums and your mouth and your teeth, and you know you're funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalist. Super Blue, being sold out for more than a year and a half, finally back available at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultimate Fish Oil is back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. What does ultimate mean? That's just our name for the best, the highest grade. What this concentrated anchovy oil, pure Arctic krill oil, and high-quality wild-caught salmon oil does for your brain, your heart, your cardiovascular system, and for your entire body's functions is insane. Regular low-grade fish oil in all the studies does outstanding things. This is the highest grade, and it's not been pasteurized, it's not been boiled, so it has its original effects intact. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody should visit InfoWarsStore.com today and get Ultimate Fish Oil finally back in stock for 50% off. For our regular fans that are big supporters, you're going to love it. You already know how great it is. But for folks who have been on the fence, experience Ultimate Fish Oil for yourself. Try taking some before bedtime and see what happens with your dreams. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Folks, welcome back. This is The American Journal. So much to talk about today. As, all, as always, right? Just the, the collapse is ongoing, the takeover is underway, and the show trials are set to take place this week against Stuart Rhodes, leader of the Oath Keepers Militia. New York Times reports sedition trial of Oath Keepers to get underway when Stuart Rhodes, the leader of the Oath Keepers Militia, and four other members of the far-right group go on trial on Tuesday for seditious conspiracy in the attack on the Capitol last year. They will join a list of defendants who have faced sedition charges, one that includes Islamic terrorists, Puerto Rican nationalists, and radical left-wing unionists. Yes, uh, unlike all of those people, however... The Oath Keepers are utterly and totally innocent in all of this, but hey, put that off to the side. Mr. Rhodes and his subordinates intend to offer a novel and risky defense in seeking to rebut the accusations that they plotted to use force against the government. They plan to tell the jury that when armed teams of Oath Keepers prepared to rush into Washington from Virginia on January 6, 2021, they believed they would be following legal orders from the president himself. And of course, when those legal orders, which are a part and parcel of the Constitution and the actual privileges of the executive branch uh, didn't come. They didn't go to Washington, D.C. See, if you can sort of read through the lines here, you can understand that what they're being charged with is being in a different state with legal guns while in Washington, D.C., a spontaneous riot was taking place. This is sedition, according to these people. Getting guns waiting in Virginia for an order that never comes, and so they never go to Washington, D.C. With the, with the guns that they have. Seditious conspiracy. Okay, that's what that is. Lawyers for the five defendants are set to argue with the trial, which will begin Tuesday with jury selection, that the Oath Keepers were waiting on January 6th for President Donald J. Trump to invoke the Insurrection Act, a revolutionary-era law that grants the president wide powers to deploy the military to quell unrest in emergencies – in addition, that they don't mention, 
the New York Times is that it allows the executive branch to deputize local militias to act on behalf of the government in order to put down unrest, something that everybody on the right wing had been calling for Trump to do since, I don't know, June of that year. I don't know. I mean, after a a couple months of endless violent riots, burning down entire city blocks, dozens dead, right? A literal full-on nationwide insurrection that was taking place because of the Black Lives Matter movement. People were saying, why don't you invoke the Insurrection Act? This whole issue could be cleared up in an afternoon, basically. So this is all perfectly legal. None of that is illegal. And when the order never came, they stayed in Virginia with their guns. So wonder if he would have done anything different. Wonder if Trump would have done anything different this time. Can you just imagine? Can you imagine if Donald Trump was uh, still president? Can you imagine if the stock market hadn't lost $7 trillion? Can you imagine if the pipelines that we rely on for our oil hadn't been shut down by the executive branch? Can you imagine if the war in Ukraine had been prevented, at least delayed, for another four years while Donald Trump was in office? Can you imagine not being on the cusp of World War III with Europe on its knees awaiting a winter with no heat? Can you imagine how good things would have been? If Donald Trump had just done that, hmm, we can only dream. We dream to imagine here. Exclusive from Gateway Pundit, DOJ drops a bomb, admits federal government ran informants inside the Oath Keepers on January 6th, and they spring this on the January 6th attorneys less than one week before the trials. Next week, the United, this is from September 23rd, so next week the government – is holding trials of several Oath Keeper members who attended protests in Washington, D.C. on January 5th and January 6th. The DOJ is hoping to convince a jury that the Oath Keepers were planning an insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Oath Keeper members were working security that day at the Ellipse where Donald Trump spoke to million to a million supporters. Several Oath Keepers then walked to the U.S. Capitol where at least two more protests were planned. Stuart Rhodes, the Oath Keeper founder and president, told all of the members to leave their firearms in their hotels outside of the city. A handful of Oath Keeper members entered the U.S. Capitol that day where they stood around, picked up trash, spoke with police, and left when they were told to. Insurrection, sedition, throw them in the gulag, torture them for their information. Again, all of this totally above board. All of this was discussed quite openly in public before the event ever happened. None of this was secret. None of this was hidden. None of this was illegal. In fact, we have a video here that I'd like to show you of the (laughs) – the title is Those Darn Oath Keepers. Those gosh darn Oath Keepers caught on video from January 6th doing the unthinkable and actually helping the police and trying their darndest to keep the peace. Let's go now to clip number 29. I'll narrate. Here you see Oath Keepers rescue helpless woman from police assault. That is actually Jeremy Brown, who is also sitting rotting in prison. Here they are talking to a member of the Capitol Police. How can we help you? Well, you can help me right now. If you guys can help me 
Police officers up there, can you help me get them down? They're not going to leave. You want them to leave? No, they can stay there. I just need to get the other officers out. Oh, you need to get the police out? Yeah, they're scared. I can do that. Let's go. Okay, you guys just announce it. I can help. Okay, you can even use my megaphone and I'll follow you. You need to get out. It's about 10 officers up there. They need to go to the side, man. They can get out and go down the stairs. Just like we did. There's stairs on the side that can go out. Now watch this. Now watch. You're about to see a military stack. There it is. This is it. This is the military stack. Ironically, has a Capitol Police officer in the military stack wearing a MAGA hat. That's it. That's the military stack. See the way they're holding each other's hands as they walk through the crowd? That's what the filing documents call a military stack, and they use as proof that this is a military operation to bring about insurrection in this country. Amazing. Here is another part where Oath Keepers are de-escalating, and you can hear indistinct shouting, and somebody shouts kill everyone right although i don't know who it was a, it was formed in a question that may have been a cop saying that we don't want to kill anybody we want answers you can see people getting uh, starting to yell at the cops and oath keepers standing in between them here oath keepers actually escorting the riot police away from the building because again this is what oath keepers always do this is what they always do in any situation they use their military and police training to try to prevent riots from getting out of control. Oath Keepers escort riot police away. Conflict. Again, these are the people that are charged with seditious conspiracy and have already spent months in prison. About the death? No. About the shooting? Yes. Because I was talking about a, 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 he was there when Ashley Babbitt was shot. Speaker's office after they breached the windows. So I heard a blast. Somebody said it was a buckshot. It sounded like it. And then this girl went down. Keepers carry an injured man out of the building. Keepers carry another injured man down the steps. This video is from stophate.com, by the way. You can go to see that. We'll be back on the other side. We'll continue to talk a little bit more about what can be expected in the trial this week. We'll show you some more videos. We'll move on to some other troubling information, another battlefront on the war against patriotism here and around the world. Stay tuned. Infowarsstore.com is where you go to support us. Just look at these headlines from Reuters. World faces unprecedented global hunger crisis, UN chief says, going into 2023. World Food Program warns of global Food catastrophe, looming global catastrophe. The world could run out of food by 2023, major studies say. And the reports go on and on. We told you this was a designed program by the globalists two and a half years ago. We told you energy and food prices would explode, and now they're up more than 40% in the U.S. alone. Some areas of the world, they're up over 100%. The only way you beat inflation and protect yourself and your family is with high-quality, storable food ready to ship right now at preparetoday.com. At a very rare sale of 10% off site-wide, not just on storable food, but survival and preparedness items is happening right now. 10% off at preparetoday.com. And on top of it, any order above $99 gets free shipping. That is a huge part of the cost of storable food. So go to preparetoday.com and protect yourself and your family while you still can. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today.
You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. So last week, the, the Oath Keepers trial begins today with jury selections this Tuesday. Last week, it was revealed that by the government that they actually had confidential human sources, in other words, government informants inside the Oath Keepers on January 6th, meaning again, if this had been a pre-planned seditious activity, if this had been some sort of designed conspiracy to overthrow the United States government, it could have and would have been stopped before it ever got started. But of course, it wasn't, so they didn't which is very interesting. Now, they're not saying who these confidential human sources are. They say at trial, the government or defense may call to testify certain CHSs, that is confidential human sources, who were either involved in the investigation that led to the prosecution of the defendant or who become CHSs subsequent to the initiation of the instant investigation. By this motion, the government seeks to preclude defendants from eliciting either on cross-examination or on direct information regarding any other investigations the CHSs may be involved in. Details regarding other investigations are not relevant and could undermine the operational integrity of those investigations. So again, they're just the classic FBI move. Uh, that is an open investigation, so we cannot tell you that information. It's an ongoing investigation, and they just keep investigations ongoing for years, and they never come to anything. But it does allow them to prevent you from asking questions. It'll be similar to what we see with the Alex Jones trial where certain things are just off limits, certain things you just can't talk about. And so while the defense is trying to question – like when the government is questioning these defendants, they'll already have sort of a pre-planned back and forth where they say exactly – they elicit exactly the information that they want. And then when it's defendant's times to cross-examine – They'll constantly be interrupted with government saying, actually, actually, that delves into things that we'd rather not have uh, aired out in a public courtroom, and they'll be prevented from actually providing a thorough defense despite the fact. So, I mean, to me, if you're going to put somebody on the stand who can't be questioned about certain things, then you shouldn't be able to put them on the stand. You can either ask them all the questions that you want about anything, or nobody can ask them questions at all. But hey, that's not the way things work, not when you're dealing with the FBI and a corrupt Department of Justice. On Wednesday... Gateway Pundit spoke with Stuart Rhodes, and he told the DO, he told uh, he told Gateway Pundit that the DOJ has indicted two of his top witnesses in the past three months, and so therefore he will not be able to call them as witnesses in the case, including Kelly Sorrell, his former attorney who traveled with him that week to Washington D.C. So yes, not just not a little hook and, and crook by the criminals that run our Justice Department and that are engaged in a you know federal effort to disembowel any patriotic opposition to government overreach and unconstitutionality say well we're going to call kelly sorrell to the stand to defend Stuart Rhodes since she was there the whole time and has inside knowledge and can tell you exactly what was going on and who said what to who and they're like okay well then in that case she's under arrest well in that case she is now in prison and you can't call her sorry about that oops ongoing investigation better find somebody else to talk to so completely stacking the deck against them. Now, the defense attorneys in the Oath Keepers case have filed a motion to reveal the identities of the federal informants. 
Biden's Department of Justice admitted on Friday via a motion for a protective order, the one that I just read, that there were federal informants with the FBI working within the Oath Keepers organization. Members of that group have been charged with seditious conspiracy stemming from the Capitol riot on January 6th. And of course, we know what this looks like because Jeremy Brown was one of the people approached to be a confidential human source and, and informant within the Oath Keepers. And he, instead of working with the FBI, filmed the FBI asking him this and trying to pressure him into becoming an informant and exposed it. He too has now been arrested because, well, you just can't go around revealing the devious ways that the FBI is working to undermine patriotic Americans and keepers of their oaths from speaking out, exercising their First Amendment. Now, as the trial of Oath Keeper Stuart Rhodes and four co-conspirators conspirators is set to begin on Tuesday, attorneys for the defendants have filed a counter motion saying that, quote, none of the confidential human sources provided evidence of guilt on part of the Oath Keepers as an organization or the individual defendants in this case. The defendants are before this court with their liberty interests at stake, the filing reads. The government has paid individuals to gather information and evidence about the Oath Keepers and defendants. Some of the material has been used to build a case against the defendants, although the government has disclosed to the defense only after being ordered to do so by this court the activities of five confidential human sources it has communicated to defense counsel that only one will be called to testify as a witness at trial so in other words five confidential human sources provided so-called evidence for the investigation to justify the arrest of Stuart Rhodes but now they won't be called at trial so the government won't be giving out their identity to the defense the defense can also not call them to witness and ask them questions about the evidence they provided to the FBI It's just completely stacked. It's just completely stacked. It's just we're so screwed. All of America is so screwed with this type of stuff happening and the media not just not calling it out but actually favoring it and telling people it's a good thing. With the motion for protective order, the filing continues. The government has now lifted the veil on its use of CHSs in this face, a fact – In this face, a fact that has been concealed from public knowledge, while the motion states that the government had good cause to keep the identity of the confidential human sources protected, the filing states it was only recently disclosed to defendants that none of the CHSs provided evidence of guilt on part of the Oath Keepers as an organization or the individual defendants in this case. However, the indictment against Rhodes references the, quote, Rhodes plan, which is what the government is calling the method by which the Oath Keepers allegedly organized themselves into a conspiracy to use force to prevent the lawful transfer of presidential power on Jan- in January 2021 or corruptly interfere with the electoral vote certification by Congress or both. This despite the fact that none of the federal informants, quote, reported the existence of any such Rhodes plan, and they've all denied having known any information about a Rhodes plan when questioned by their FBI handlers after January 6, 2021. The motion notes that the that either the supposed Rhodes plan was so secret that the Oath Keeper leadership didn't even know about it or that it didn't exist in the first place. Defendants, the motion states, are entitled to examine the totality of the government's investigation and prosecution for the purposes of undermining the jury's confidence in the work done and the conclusions reached by the agents and prosecutors of the, uh, over the court of the past 20 months. But, of course, they're not going to be allowed to see all of that information. Again, it's just selective enforcement of the law, selective allowing of legal avenues to investigate the investigators to actually see how did you get this information, who told you this, how did you come about this? Well, the FBI says, don't worry about it. Somebody said this, so we're treating it as absolutely true. We can't tell you who said it or when they said it or why they said it or even who they are or where they are now. 
but you have to trust us and it's an ongoing investigation. So there it is. An absolute kangaroo court will keep you updated on the developments in that case. And of course, it's worth reminding everybody right now that uh, several months ago, many people on the right wing threw Stuart Rhodes under the bus for no particular reason. Just worth reminding everybody that at time of his greatest need, the people that Stuart Rhodes was fighting with and for uh, threw him under the bus and called him a federal informant and claimed that the only explanation for why he hadn't been arrested and tried was that he must have been the inside FBI agent who was directing this so that all of his underlings would get caught. Now he is facing trial. Now the FBI is admitting it did have confidential human sources, but Stuart Rhodes was not one of them. And they're putting the full force and weight of the federal government into destroying his life. And I can only imagine what it was like to, at that moment of being in the lowest of the low, to have the people that you thought were on your side throw you under the bus with no evidence at all. Of course, if you were watching this program, you knew that we disproved that idea from the very beginning and stood by Stuart Rhodes the entire time as we will continue to and that's why despite the fact that there are so many other outlets doing kind of like what InfoWars does nobody gets it right as much as InfoWars and that should be, that's just because we look at the facts and support the patriots even when others don't support us won't you InfoWarsStore.com people ask me all the time what is your best nootropic you've got TurboForce You've got BrainForce Plus, and you've got BrainForce Ultra. Which one is better? And that's like asking, what's better, a Ford F-150 or a Cadillac or a Ferrari? It's different strokes for different folks. It varies. All three are different formulas. All three do different things. TurboForce is 10 hours of clean, out-of-control energy. I can't even take a whole pack myself. BrainForce Plus is a long-term acting clean nootropic. This BrainForce Ultra is a super fast acting nootropic that creates incredible clarity but doesn't last very long. They're all three different formulas. And finally, back in stock, massively discounted, BrainForce Ultra is available at InfoWarsStore.com. BrainForce Ultra, back in stock, InfoWarsStore.com. It's time to show them what a real alpha male looks like with one of our most powerful products ever made, Alpha Power. As you age, your body can lose testosterone over time. With the incredible ingredients in this formula, we can help you beat the test of time and assist in restoring that lost energy and mood that comes with time and age. Alpha Power's incredible ingredients can help you boost your sports performance or enhance your day-to-day life with ease while encouraging hormonal balance. Perfect by itself or with super male vitality in the true alpha male pack. Alpha Power can help boost performance, help maintain normal testosterone levels, support healthy cholesterol, and more. Let Alpha Power help bring you to the peak of your optimal health. Don't fall short on energy in the fight against tyranny. Show the world what a true alpha male looks like today with Alpha Power. Head to InfoWarsStore.com today. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. 
right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We'll finish up this hour by continuing to discuss the ongoing war against American patriots is being waged by well, everybody that's not an American patriot, I guess you could say. It's being waged by the media. It's being waged by big tech. It's being waged by the FBI primarily. And of course, all of these are not separate entities. They are all various facets of the same globalist cabal that is driving us towards absolute destitution, ruin, hopelessness, famine, and everything else bad under the sun. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we continue through the day. We're also going to talk about some new revelations when it comes to COVID-19. We have a pretty pretty thick stack of war articles to talk about, crime as well, but the war on patriots is our number one topic. And a bunch of revelations have been made about this recently. You have the FBI being exposed as whistleblower, whistleblowers come out and say that, first of all, the threat of domestic terror and white supremacy is not real. There's more – the quote from the whistleblower was there are essentially more FBI agents looking for white supremacists than there are white supremacists in the country. And so now they're doing everything they can to try to just turn certain things into domestic terror in order to drive up the numbers, in order to justify this witch hunt this wild goose chase that they're on, including taking agents off of investigations about child sex trafficking to go after the manufactured crisis of white supremacist domestic terrorists. You also had revelations that big tech was working intimately with the FBI, accessing users of things like Facebook, their private messages, people who privately in their private messages questioned the 2020 election then had their private messages forwarded in a pack to the FBI without a warrant, without even being asked for it, actually. There's also story after story about people going from direct, directly from the FBI to the big tech companies. Are they – did they quit the FBI? Are they not working for the FBI anymore or are they just filling a different position now, one that's not entirely legal, one that's not entirely – you know, codified and licensed within the U.S. government, but is rather just sort of a, just a friendly thing, right? Yeah, just go work at Facebook and, you know, just, I know you're not an FBI agent anymore, but if you see anything suspicious, why don't you just, uh, why don't you just give us a call? You know, yesterday I was doing some research and I swear, the only thing you really need to be a conspiracy theorist is Wikipedia. Wikipedia has most of it. I mean, it's still one of the most censored and controlled you know, sources of information out there, but they can't bury everything, right? And there's a, there's a game we play. Maybe we should play it on air, something like Six Degrees of Separation, where you see if you can get from one globalist to another by just clicking a few links on Wikipedia. Things like you want to find out about what's going on in Ukraine war, you start off with Victoria Newland. You start clicking on things like the Center for New American Security. Suddenly, like within a, a, a click or two, it's possible to get from the author of the lockstep document on the Rockefeller Foundation to Mark Benioff of Salesforce, who runs Time Magazine and is champion of stakeholder capitalism and the understudy of Klaus Schwab, to Victoria Newland, to 
Anthony Blinken and all this. I mean, it's it's fascinating what you can find out on Wikipedia. So I was checking out old old Anthony Blinken's Wikipedia the other day and looking at something that we've covered here, but probably not enough, which is the organization called West Exec. Now, this if you go to Anthony Blinken's Wikipedia page, you find West Exec Advisors under private uh, private sector. In 2017, Blinken co-founded West West Exec Advisors, a political strategy advising firm with Michelle Flournoy, Sergio Aguera, and Nitlin Chada, as well as, of course, basically everybody from the Biden administration. Essentially what happened was when Donald Trump won, the entirety of the Obama administration just moved into a building across the street from the White House and continued to operate as if they were the ones in charge, including everybody from Jen Psaki to Anthony Blinken himself. But I was just struck by what what West Exec claimed that they did, what their purpose for existence was. West Exec's clients have included Google's Jigsaw, Israeli artificial intelligence company Winward, a surveillance drone manufacturer, Shield AI, which signed a $7.2 million contract with the Air Force, and Fortune 100 types. According to Foreign Policy, the firm's collective clientele includes the defense industry, private equity firms, and hedge funds. Blinken received almost $1.2 million in compensation from West Exec. From in an interview with The Intercept, Flournoy described West Exec's role as facilitating relationships between Silicon Valley and the Department of Defense and law enforcement. Flournoy and others compared West Exec to the Kissinger Associates. So it's just, just a nest of evil, just a nest of villainy, just a hive of corruption and military expansion and, of course, big tech in, uh, intertwining right into intertwine the defense department and the police departments with big tech that was the purpose of WEC exec west exec the corporation owned and run by our current secretary of state so this has long been an official proceeding where they are merging big tech and the defense department or the department of justice to be one monolithic unaccountable extrajudicial spy apparatus and of course, the people that carried this out uh, were in line with Mark Zuckerberg and his Zuckbucks to get them back into office. It's, it's all one big corrupt cabal. And then you have Mark Benioff and Time Magazine explaining how they did this in a way that portrays it as something good and loving because they like you. It's not, though. It's obvious that it's not, but there it is. Story after story these days about FBI whistleblower Steve Friend. FBI hero paying the price for exposing the unjust persecution of conservative Americans. FBI whistleblower, nobody, nobody I know, signed up to investigate parents who vented at school board meetings. Oh, but that's what you're doing, isn't it? And, of course, combined with this, you have things like PayPal attempting to silence anybody going against their agenda and their narrative. You also have this, another example of the way that the actual democratic process in this country is undermined continuously as people who have done nothing wrong are subjected to essentially struggle sessions and kangaroo courts we saw earlier this year how again i mean and again they just do this stuff it's amazing how they get away with this i don't i don't get it i don't understand why republicans don't make bigger deals out of this but it's like it's like almost crazy to to just remember this happened, right? That, that Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congresswoman, 
who has served her constituency extremely effectively. They're very happy with what she does. As she gets ready to run for re-election, she is subjected to an interrogation in public broadcast on national TV where they are questioning her as if she is a seditious conspirator, a treasonous actor, and she is forced to justify every decision or she makes even up to and including likes she made on Facebook. You liked this person on Facebook. Why did you do that? Explain that in a way that comports with our view of reality. I mean, it is insane what they're doing now, but it goes even farther. Judge rules Alaska GOP is likely barred from office for being an Oath Keeper. See, the Oath Keepers were never a terrorist organization. They were never a violent illegal organization it was always out in the open it was always up front it was always completely public it wasn't some secret society that so many of these people are actually members of this was a open confederation of like-minded individuals who were all or mostly ex-military and police who understood that when they stood there and took an oath of office to uphold the constitution with their very lives that that didn't end when their employment ended when you take an oath it's not i swear to do this until i stop getting paid and then all bets are off right it was an oath that they took and they understand just because i'm not in office just because i'm not being paid by the state to be a police officer that doesn't mean i then cast off this oath I took, I still am responsible for upholding the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So you're totally open, totally good, totally in line with the Constitution and of patriotic nature. And yet now a judge has decided because this guy was a member of this open patriotic group, he can't be in office anymore. He can't run. An Alaskan judge ruled on Thursday that Alaska State Representative David Eastman will likely be found ineligible for office in a lawsuit seeking to oust the Republican over his lifetime membership with the Oath Keepers, a far-right militia group. See, so first they claim this militia group that's totally peaceful, never been implicated in any sort of terrorist activity or intimidation, anything of the sort. They say, well, now that group's illegal and you're a member of that group. So retroactively, now you're a terrorist, so now you can't be in office anymore. You are hereby disqualified and ineligible to run. Open corruption, open manipulation of the democratic system. Folks, we'll be back on the other side of the second hour to take your phone calls. Go to InfoWarsStore.com right now to support us while you can. We're going to fight for our lives, and we depend entirely on you to arm us in this information war. InfoWarsStore.com. Go there now. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. I wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't have an operational name. In fact, I bet it does. I bet it's called Operation Matador. They see us as the bull, and they are shaking a red flag in our face. And the Matador is the deep state with a long, skinny, razor-sharp sword so that when the bull lunges forward, the Matador uses the force of its weight to drive it into the heart and step aside with his cape as the bull buries himself into the dust. They've got the ace of spades in their hand, which is false flags. Before you launch a war, you stage false flags. That's the first thing you do, because nobody wants to say they started a war. Bad guys start wars. So every time a war gets launched by bad guys, they stage an event. This is Operation Matador. Listening to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. 
With our government guilty of pushing a deadly experimental vaccine, robbing the nation of its wealth, and starting a war with Russia, who has a superior nuclear weapons arsenal, one has to ask, be it angry mobs or atom bombs, where do these crooks plan on escaping the fallout? Denver is now handing out free bug out bags to help you just in case you run into emergency. Lisa, all right, I asked you last time, I need to know the checklist of everything I gotta put in my bug out bag. Toilet paper, paper towels, toilet paper, paper towels. We've got cotton balls. Two opportunities to get these free emergency preparedness bags. So really an important effort, especially when we're talking about severe weather. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are going to go and get those bags, but for people who maybe can't make it out there, is there anything in there that's, you know, too tough that you couldn't just put one of those together yourself? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you could easily put together yourself. I mean, if you got any extra cotton balls, you know, paper towels, toilet paper. The city of Denver is letting the locals know they should be prepared for an unexpected order to get out of town in a hurry. And many people are connecting dots between this and the Denver International Airport. The Denver International Airport has long been rumored to be sitting atop an underground military base built deep beneath the surface and connected to several other underground bases. These rumors are the result of several interesting facts. From 1995 until he was found dead a year later, Phil Schneider gave dozens of lectures claiming to be a geological engineer hired to build deep underground military bases, known as DUMS, for the U.S. government. His father was Captain Oscar Schneider, a former Nazi stationed in Florida working black operations for naval intelligence. Phil Schneider was showing samples of what he claimed were unknown exotic metals. He provided maps of the underground dumbs and showed off dramatic scars that he claimed were from a violent skirmish with a non-human species deep underground. In January of 1996, Schneider was found dead in his home days after he mysteriously died of strangulation. Investigations were never completed and it was ruled a suicide. His evidence went missing. Before he died, Phil Schneider used his clearance to take investigative author Alex Christopher into the top underground levels of the Denver airport, where they took pictures of a long road heading off to multiple destinations. Built upon 53 square miles of land, 25 miles from downtown, the Denver airport was billions of dollars over budget. Different contractors were hired for each section some of whom have come forward and claimed it would take days to show you what's down there. Inside the otherwise unimpressive airport, there is a capstone with cryptic Illuminati and Masonic imagery marking a time capsule buried beneath to be opened in 2094. The airport opened with a famous four-piece mural depicting biological warfare, death and destruction, the surrender of all national sovereignty, and the emergence of a new religion. On the floor, for no apparent reason, is what appears to be the symbol for gold and silver in a mining cart, AUAG, which is also the abbreviation for a deadly strain of hepatitis discovered in 1965. 
Outside on the surface, the runways form the shape of a swastika, and passengers are greeted by what has become known as Blucifer, a 32-foot horse with glowing red eyes that reportedly killed its creator when a piece of the sculpture came loose and severed an artery in his leg. This is why many people are talking about Denver's Bug Out Bag program, which is good because now that we know who the people committing these historic crimes against humanity are, we can't just let them slip away into some hole somewhere. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Crazed mania kills a teen for his political beliefs, admits it, and is now already out on bail, according to Life Zet. Court docs say Shannon Brandt told 911 dispatchers he intentionally used his SUV to kill the victim, Kaylor Ellingson, because he was a Republican extremist. Is it any coincidence Brandt seems to feel justified soon after President Biden's inflammatory speech pitting half the country against his opposition? And Biden is doubling down. Compared to a Democratic rally, we're making real progress. We passed the Inflation Reduction Act to bring down costs, the bipartisan infrastructure law to rebuild America, the American Rescue Plan to bring our economy back, and so much more. But the extreme MAGA Republicans want to take it all back. This message just days after a politically motivated murder of a Republican teen. You'd think in today's politically charged environment, the targeting and killing of a young man based solely on his beliefs would be big news. But that would disrupt the MSM narrative that it's the right who are the violent ones. Newsbusters, a review of news coverage on left-wing broadcasts, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, and MSNBC, revealed that none of these networks have given the attack even one second of airtime. And here's Comfortably Smug on Twitter. Over 20 New York Times stories over the past month mentioned political violence. Zero mentions of Kaylor Ellingson, the only American who has been murdered in an act of political violence in that time. Bringing you what's ignored, sensationalized, misleading, or just plain false, here's your media malfeasance for the week. A former Fox producer is blowing the whistle on conflicts of interest at the network. WND shares Brianna Morello says she left Fox when the corporation forced employees to receive the needle and claims the network was paid by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services to promote the jabs on the air. Isn't true journalism supposed to be examining conflicts of interest and motivations, investigating, holding big corporations accountable? Instead, the whistleblower says Fox was taking money and acting more like a public relations firm. Also this week, MSM propaganda puppets still seem to care more about 50 migrants flown to Martha's Vineyard than about immigrants dying from crossing the border under the current federal policies. Only the federal government can deport illegals, but we need somebody to stand up, do it for the people. How they break the law and get away, how that's equal, and then give them my tax dollars, now how that ain't evil. Daily Caller, the Eagle Pass Fire Department is requesting refrigerators for bodies as morgues are overwhelmed. Authorities say they're collecting about 30 bodies a month from drowned immigrants. Politico notes Dems pushed DOJ to probe DeSantis over migrants. But why were they silent when President Joe Biden was flying illegal immigrants overnight across the country? Someone who has not been silent about what's going on at the border is Fox's Bill Malugin. Politico. As Malugin has become an increasingly visible figure on the network, his coverage has caught the attention of the White House, which has become increasingly irritated by his reporting. But now they have a Democrat Texas sheriff who says he's investigating DeSantis for the crime of... I don't know. 
Hmm. Well, it turns out this sheriff that seems to care an awful lot about immigrants transported to an area that has claimed to be welcoming to migrants didn't care enough about immigrants' lives. He's the same sheriff that allowed 53 migrants to die in a semi-truck, according to 100% Fed Up. Governor DeSantis responds. I saw somebody on CNN try to say, sending 50 illegal aliens to wealthy Martha's Vineyard is reminiscent of the Holocaust. And I just thought to myself, uh, has the world gone totally mad? I mean, these are voluntary uh, transportation that they're signing up for. But However, Sheriff Salazar must have had a moment of clarity because he rejects the VP's assertion that the border is secure. Uh, I, I, I would beg to differ. I don't think the, count, the border is as secure as what, as what folks are maybe telling them. Uh, with that being said, I think there's some solutions to be had, but it's going to start with somebody from D.C. making the trip down here and, and talking to us. Hmm. So what's the motivation here? Well, we find out this week that Judiciary Democrats voted to support non-citizens voting in our elections. Huh. Another thing to ponder, who is leading our country right now? The White House had to walk back at least a couple things President Biden said in an interview with 60 Minutes. If, in fact, there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview, a White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. Officially, the U.S. will not say whether American forces would defend Taiwan. But the commander-in-chief had a view of his own. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. Yes. An obvious follow-up question was skipped when Biden said this. The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's but the pandemic is over. So if the pandemic is over, why haven't emergency powers been halted? Kentucky Representative Thomas Massey addressed what the reporter would not. If the pandemic is over, as Biden says, then all of the president's emergency powers predicated on a pandemic, all COVID vax mandates, the emergency powers of every governor, emergency use authorizations and the PrEP Act should all be voided tomorrow. Despite CNN acting like it's making efforts to be less biased, Don Lemon tries to weasel identity politics into an interview with a royal commentator, and this happens. And so on. And then you have the, those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism, and they're wondering, you know, $100 billion, $24 billion here and there, $500 million there. Some people want to be paid back, and, uh, and members of the public are wondering, why are we suffering when you are... You know, you have all of this vast wealth. Those are legitimate concerns. Well, I think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it, though, what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain. Where was the beginning of the supply chain? That was in Africa. And when across the entire world, when the slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce, was the British. In, in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages. Absolutely. That's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas 
trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. It's an interesting discussion, Hillary. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll continue to, to discuss in the future. Hello, darkness, my old friend. But CNN shouldn't even try to be fair, according to Tom Jones from the Pointer Institute, which laughably still claims to teach journalism ethics and leadership. He penned CNN, hewing toward the center is not necessarily good for our democracy. Pushing for fairness and completeness in journalism is never a bad idea. But presenting both sides sometimes can be. Jones, first of all, the U.S. is most accurately defined as a constitutional republic. And second, how dare you claim to know anything about journalism ethics and then demand a news network stick with giving only one side? Helping to bring balance back to journalism by exposing the scales tipped heavily in favor of the propaganda puppet mainstream, I'm Christy Lee. Follow me at freenews.news and join my locals community at christyleetv.locals.com. But I wanted to spend just a few minutes with the listeners who are the best people on earth. I think the listeners and viewers of this broadcast objectively have supported and have amplified and who have prayed for this broadcast that you are the most effective best people in the world. The point is, is that we're not funded by the globalists. We're funded by listeners and viewers like you. And we're doing more important work than we have ever done on air at this point. And the world is listening and the world is watching and we're taking on the corrupt power structure and we're in their face. So when I say I admire this audience of activists, when I say you're the best people, it's not some fake globalists worshiping each other. Because all that's just talk with you and I, I really mean, I mean, you folks are awesome. And I appreciate your support because you're supporting yourself while you do that. And I just want to stay in this fight. And the fact that you keep me in this fight. I love you only second to God and my children. You're right there. It's like God's right here. My children are right there. Family, but me, you're, you're, that's when you walk up and thank me in the street. I just go, okay, stop, stop. Because we're, it's like me looking in the mirror thinking myself, we are in this together. So I want to encourage all the viewers, all the listeners to be part of history and to get t-shirts and books and films and amazing supplements and products at InfoWarsStore.com because that's. The rage for more than a decade have been concentrated green powders with wheatgrass and so many other ingredients that are known to make us healthy, to make us vibrant, and to defend our immune systems. Now, over a year and a half ago, we came out with a product that was top sourced, top of the line, as good as going to get, but then the supply chain broke down and it was sold out for more than a year. Finally, Green Fiber Capsules, this big old bottle, jam-packed, is back in stock for a limited time at InfoWarsStore.com, 30% off. In this limited time, I don't have time to go into all the great things it does or what it has inside. But go to InfoWarsStore.com and look up Green Fiber Capsules for yourself and see how amazing it is. And what's just as amazing is it funds the InfoWar and keeps us on air. We're all under globalist attack. They don't want you to have these essential nutrients that are in this product. Get yours today at 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Now back in stock. Frank in North Carolina, thanks for holding so long. Go ahead. Yeah, Alec, I just have to say something, man. It seems like every time I turn on your broadcast, you're bragging. It just gets old, man. I'm going to shut you down right now, okay? 
We're taking calls about your nomination. Do you understand they're having congressional hearings trying to shut us down? Do you understand I'm ringing the alarm? If that was happening to anybody else, I'd be freaked out. I mean, what's it going to take? Us being shut down? Is that what you want, Frank? You know what, Alex? Hey, put him on pause again. Hey, Frank! Do you understand it's not bragging to say we are the tip of the spear, we're under attack, we need your help. As much begging as I do, we can barely pay the bills and grow in the face of this. I'm not going to just stop growth and let them start pushing us backwards. You understand? I need your help, Frank! I need your help, Frank! Go to InfoWarsStore.com right now and help fund the InfoWars. Do you understand? I need your help, Frank! Free press needs your help, Frank. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Thanks so much for being here with us. We're going to go ahead and open up the phone lines right now. Give us a call here at American Journal, Infowars.com, by the way, is where you go to share all of what we cover on a daily basis, band.video as well. Give us a call. The number to dial is 1-877-789-2539, 1-877-789-2539. And we'll be taking your calls for the rest of the show. Again, I'm confronted with the ever-present problem, the ever-present issue I have. It's not that we don't have any news. It's where do we even begin? I guess we'll talk about crime since the full-on collapse is taking place. The entire civilization is being burned down around us, and one place where this can be seen more readily than elsewhere is the skyrocketing crime rates. Let's just take a look at a few stories from just today from Cassandra Fairbanks for Gateway Pundit. Understaffed New Orleans PD is hiring civilians and organizing patrol shifts. The New Orleans Police Department is hiring civilians and organizing patrol shifts amid a staffing shortage. While facing the shortage, the city has also been struggling with surging violent crime, especially murder. The city, the city has become so dangerous that it's on track to surpass Baltimore in homicides this year. I, I just can't imagine. I mean, can it's just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable where America has been cratered to, how far down we have fallen. We were once a, a shining light on the world stage, a thriving example of how giving people freedom and liberty and just having a just and responsible administration of the smallest possible size, people could flourish and communities could be safe and people could be left to their own devices and the morality of the people would keep them in check and the families of these people would support them. And slowly but surely, all of this stuff has been chipped away to the point where they don't say New Orleans is on the track to you know, become as dangerous as Mogadishu. No, Mogadishu is probably safer than Baltimore, if I had to guess. American cities are now far more dangerous with more murders than most third world countries as we increasingly become a third world country. 
They say the city is so dangerous that it's on track to suppress Baltimore and homicides this year, according to data from AH Datalytics compiled using the FBI's Uniform Crime Reporting Program. New Orleans has a per capita year-to-date homicide rate of 72 per 100,000 residents. The next three U.S. cities behind New Orleans are Birmingham with a per capita homicide rate of 59 per 100,000 residents and Baltimore and St. Louis each with a per capita homicide rate of 58 per 100,000 residents. Local station Fox 8 reported over the summer. New Orleans currently has fewer than 1,000 officers down from 1,300 before the 20. before 2020 when Black Lives Matter movement rioted in cities nationwide and pushed to demonize and defund police departments. According to a report from The Hill, NOPD Superintendent Sean Ferguson said in a statement that the current police response time is about 11 minutes, but they can lower that by hiring civilians to help out. Isn't that just what we need? I mean, isn't this the inevitable result we've been saying on this program since the bizarre, unprecedented, unjustifiable program of defund the police came about that defund the police meant two things it meant privatize the police in other words the police will not protect the average citizen they won't be patrolling your neighborhood to make sure there's nothing shady going on they aren't there they'll come in later to you know make a note of what has happened and then put it on the gigantic and ever-growing pile of crimes that will forever go unsolved sure they'll do that they'll give you a, a slip of paper to give you your insurance company to try to regain whatever physical possessions were taken from you but uh, other than that eh, not going to be a lot of help to the average person however if you can pay for police if you can hire a private police force then you'll be protected so the rich those that can afford it they'll have police protection from private forces but the average american citizen the police will be nothing more than a hall monitor service that will uh, come up and document the crimes that have been done to you in a less than efficient way The other thing that would happen would be, of course, federalizing the police. And we've seen this. There was actually a speech from Matt Gaetz recently on the floor of the Congress when he was saying this doesn't make any sense. We're defunding local police but demanding more federal police. This is contradictory. No, it's not contradictory. It's directly in line with one another. You defund the local police and then you empower the federal police. You centralize control at a faraway place so that the people who are carrying out the orders like the FBI are doing things that they would never do in their local jurisdiction. But when they're simply the highly paid and well-respected federal police, they'll do whatever the hell, hell they want whenever the hell they want. So this is the way that New Orleans is dealing with this. Instead of having well-trained and efficient police who are there to prevent crimes and punish the criminals now you'll have i guess untrained civilians where the where the will the civilians be armed i mean that could be a, a pretty big issue i think but we'll see they say we're looking to hire 25 civilians so we can have around the clock staffing uh, isn't that an awful idea here in the in the 21st century to have 24-hour staffing at the police department. Okay, I guess. I mean, if you want to get extravagant with it, just incredible. Detectives will also be participating in DART, District Assist Response Team Program, to patrol on a rotation. Starting this Sunday, as many as 75 more officers will be on patrol. That will consist of officers assigned to administrative districts and district investigative units. Ferguson continued their mission is to attack the backlog of the very district they're serving. To hire more officers, the department will no longer reject people for bad credit scores or using marijuana. See, isn't that amazing? Isn't that just perfect? Because, see, there was a problem with police officers. They were untrained. They would be violent. They uh, were 
They didn't know how to de-escalate or anything of the sort. So then we fired all the police, and now we're hiring police that aren't qualified and maybe don't have the best reputation or responsibility. You know, people that are more likely to cause problems in the police force. This is what socialism is, folks. This is the this is the Democrats. This is the playbook. Everything they do makes everything worse. Every single time, without exception, you cannot find me an exception to this. You can find exception on an individual basis. Sure, a family that gets welfare, I guess, is better off than not having welfare, although even that is debatable, right? Give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach him to fish, and uh, he'll feed himself forever. I mean, even that it's not necessarily better, but then on a societal level, it is absolutely 100% without deviation worse for everyone involved. Murderopolis, ground zero for defund the police movement, now suffering a horrendous crime wave. Gee, who could have seen that coming? Oh, I know us. We did all the time. We kept saying it, but now it's here. Now, more than two years after the Democrat stronghold turned into ground zero for the defund the police movement after the murder, murder of George Floyd, Murderopolis is back. In 2020, murders jumped from 56, 46 rather, to nearly 80. In 2021, 93 people were killed in the city. This year, homicides are on track to surpass 2020. The criminals are celebrating. They were getting rich. And this is the thing you really have to understand. Murders are just the most extreme example of crime. For every one murder you deal with, you have dozens of petty crimes, dozens of crimes that shatter people's sense of security, that destroy people's lives, that may leave people in the hospital or, you know, uncomfortable and having to flee the city. The murder is just the most extreme example of this wave of discomfort. People ask me all the time, what is your best nootropic? You've got Turbo Force, you've got Brain Force Plus, and you've got Brain Force Ultra. Which one is better? And that's like asking, what's better, a Ford F-150 or a Cadillac or a Ferrari? It's different strokes for different folks. It varies. All three are different formulas. All three do different things. Turbo Force is 10 hours of clean, out-of-control energy. I can't even take a whole pack myself. Brain Force Plus is a long-term acting clean nootropic. This Brain Force Ultra is a super fast-acting nootropic that creates incredible clarity but doesn't last very long. They're all three different formulas. And finally, back in stock, massively discounted, Brain Force Ultra is available at InfoWarsStore.com. Brain Force Ultra, back in stock, InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, folks. We're going to cover a pretty shocking story here in just a moment. Then go out to your phone call. We've got a couple of good calls, including Roberto in Texas, who was actually in the video of the Oath Keepers that we played earlier today. I'm excited to talk to him. I want to talk for a moment about a false dichotomy, one that is pretty pervasive. Well, I guess you could say there's a number of, of false dichotomies, and they all sort of align in the same ways. One that I've seen recently when it comes to the Iran protest is you have, on one hand, women who are forced to stay inside or are forced to cover their 
like every inch of their body except for their eyes with a black cloth, right, are kept as essentially property. Just the complete and total mistreatment and degradation of women that happens in the extreme religious Muslim countries. And then on the other hand, you have the sexually liberated proto-hooker with her pink hair and covered in tattoos and piercings. Uh, screen. They're both screaming at each other. You know, your culture degrades women, and it's like this. These are not our options. This is a false imposition of two extremes that both degrade and destroy womanhood itself. There is a third option. It's the American option. It's the way that America used to be. It's women who are cared for and respected and appreciated and given the the liberty to live their lives as they want. I mean, this has been the American way for generations. My like everybody I know, all of our grandmothers all went to college. They all have degrees. They all could have gotten jobs. They all could have, you know, been in the corporate system. They all, you know, it's we're not we're not Iran. We are not on the cusp of becoming a theocracy. Their Handmaid's Tale is a bizarre fantasy that the Democrats have to keep pushing to justify their actions. There is that third way. It is the American way. In the same way, with the Justice Department in this country, the entire system of the courts, it is not a decision between total anarchy where nobody's punished for anything and criminals are released from prison by the tens of thousands to go run roughshod over the innocent people of this country or we're a fascist dictatorship where police are kicking down the door and there's a camera on every corner surveilling everything that you do and your every purchase must be logged in the central bank data system. These are, again, not the options. There is that third option. There is the way it used to be. There is make America great again. There is the America that we know works, that we know is not just good and effective, but the best possible system for humanity found anywhere on earth, anywhere throughout history. It's the American way. It's a system that enforces the law, in some cases brutally, in some cases, or in all cases, efficiently, and you do your best to provide all of the resources that defendants need so they aren't convicted on something they didn't do. You, we have the, the Fifth Amendment. We have Miranda rights. We have rights of accused people that don't exist in other places around the world, especially not the First Amendment aspect. I mean even in Canada, they can compel you to sit down and answer. You get to call a lawyer first, but you don't get to refuse to answer. When you say, I want a lawyer, that doesn't mean they stop questioning you in Canada. We have that in America because we had a wonderful system at once, at one point. That's going away. That's being destroyed. That's being disintegrated in favor of a bizarre mix of ultimate tyranny where you have 30 FBI agents kicking down the door of a father of seven because he got into a shoving match with a man on a public sidewalk. But at the same time, you know, people who murder people for – you know, if you run over an 18-year-old because he's a Republican, you're out the next day and don't worry about showing up next time, right? Selective enforcement of laws and completely arbitrary execution of tyranny. It's all being destroyed, and 
again, we're always confronted with this false dichotomy of two extremes where in the middle lies the American way, the way that has always worked until people came in and started messing with it. They start messing with it. It starts collapsing. Then there's a backlash and there's a pushback saying we need to get back to how we were. Then that's portrayed as fascism. And so it pisses people off and then it collapses the system even more. It's this feedback loop that is horrifically damaging. And you can see it in, in things like this Murderopolis article talking about uh, Minneapolis and as it collapses. And you can see things like people – Brian Bogan said he moved from north Minneapolis to a relatively safer St. Paul because he did not want his kids growing up in an area where you didn't know if it's fireworks or gunshots, right? So as the city collapses into crime, good and decent people flee the city, and then your tax base goes down. Then you can't afford the police, and then the crime increases. Then more people flee. It's a, it's a feedback loop of total and utter destruction that we are currently trapped in on purpose, by design, by people who do not have our best interests in mind and care only about creating a situation in which they can seize power using for justification the very conditions that they themselves brought about. It's sick. It's horrific. It's ongoing. And it has to be stopped. But any attempt to reverse it is treated as fascism. You want us to to be Nazis and then it uh, just gets worse. So there we are. It's just worth reminding everybody that there is that third way, the American way, with respect for all individuals and a rule of law. It's the way that the world is supposed to work. With that, we go out to your phone calls. Roberto in Texas, you were in the video that we played earlier of the Oath Keepers helping and assisting the Capitol Police and trying to calm the you know, chaos on January 6th. Thank you so much for calling in. You're on the air. Hi, Harrison. Thank you for this platform. Uh, it's an honor. So I, I'm part of what is alleged to be Stack 2. Ah. <clears throat> so there's only – I'm the only person left remaining of Stack 2. So it's pretty important that I stick around and uh, so I can have a, a real viewpoint, you know. So in that video, you, you mean everybody? You mean everybody else in that stack has been arrested? No, they've pled out. Oh, they've pled out. Okay. So, so I was uh, heading up the stairs in that video, following the Capitol Police into the Columbus doors, where we were told that they wanted to get their guys out. And on two separate occasions, there was the one. Capitol Police officer wearing the MAGA hat that solicited the Oath Keepers to, to assist him. And then there was a second officer still trying to identify that told us, you can have this area. We want to get our guys out. And I, that was told to myself and other members. And um, so I'm, I'm everything I'm speaking about is publicly available. I'm not going to talk about things that are going to get you guys or myself in any trouble because I do have trial pending as well. I'm, I'm the second group. Um, but, you know, it's just unbelievable what's going on and we really we have this situation where Stewart and the Oath Keepers was given a, a massive platform and that's InfoWars to launch themselves higher and it's amazing what they've done with uh, you know integrating with law enforcement and and making sure that the premise of their organization is that people actually uphold the oath mm. so when I got involved that's that's what I saw is that this great group of people that helps in many ways, including disaster relief and all types of assistance. But I, I've been security for Roger Stone. I've been security for General Flynn and I've been security for your whole team there. Mm. And if your crew wants to look me up, my name is Roberto Minuta, M-I-N-U-T-A. There'll be a plethora of photos available to confirm what I'm saying. 
I, I'm pleading that Mr. Jones, Alex Jones, you have shunned us, sir. We've stuck our necks out for you. You have shunned Stuart Rhodes. You have shunned the Oath Keepers. It would be fantastic if you could show us some support because we've stood for you for free and you have shunned us, sir. Well, I, I wouldn't agree with that. Obviously, this organization has not shunned the Oath Keepers. We report on the Oath Keepers in the same way that we report on everybody. I mean, we're all in this together and uh, causing causing you know conflict between groups like InfoWars and, and Oath Keepers uh, is not a positive development. We're going to hold Roberto over. I'd like to talk to him more about this, but we've had Stuart Rhodes on calling in from jail multiple times since then to tell his story. I have always very stalwartly defended the Oath Keepers and Stewart in particular, and we'll get it more into it on the other side. The answer to 1984 is 1776. InfoWars has been banned. Arrested. Arrested. Attacked and threatened. Because we are effective. The Great Awakening is here. Go to band.video. Download the videos and share. Support the information war at InfoWarsStore.com. And never give up the fight. The best-selling book in America last week was The Great Reset and the War for the World, written by Alex Jones. Jones sold more than 56,000 copies of his book last week. But the New York Times lied about that because the New York Times doesn't want you to know that. The New York Times wants you to believe that Alex Jones is more discredited than the New York Times. The paper that started the Iraq War by lying about weapons of mass destruction and got a million people killed. So they lied about his book. The Great Reset and the War for the World. The historic book that lays out the plans of the Great Reset Death Star and exposes the New World Order's plans for global enslavement. Get your copy now at Amazon.com to keep the book at number one and InfoWarsStore.com to help keep InfoWars on the air. The Great Reset and the War for the World by Alex Jones. Now, number one in the world. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. On the phone with us is Roberto, a an oath keeper who was in that. That second military stack, a.k.a. people with their hands on the shoulder of the person in front of them to get through a crowd of people. Uh, and I, I, was, I was excited to hear from you, Roberto. You're making some good points. And then you made the claim that Alex Jones has somehow thrown the Oath Keepers under the bus. I mean, if you watch just this show, if you watched last week, we – had on uh, multiple January 6th defendants, or we had at least on, uh, one on from jail, calling in from jail, 
to promote, of course, the, the podcast that they're doing with Gateway Pundit, uh, Jeremy Brown. There's a new video up on Band.Video today promoting his podcast, another one done by Greg Reese. We've had Stuart Rhodes call in from prison multiple times since he has been arrested and, of course, many, many times before that. So, again, I got to push back on you claiming that InfoWars has not been in support of the Oath Keepers. I mean, we are, we are not the Oath Keepers. They are a great organization as far as I'm concerned, and I've never – received any notes from alex or anybody saying oh let's not talk about this actually actually let's let's throw these guys under the way it's never happened we've been very forthright and upfront in our support for the people who the government claims are domestic terrorists and in many cases in at odds with the rest of the right wing who are writing articles calling Stuart rhodes a federal informant we never fell for that i never fell for that so what what exactly is your point there roberta with everything that you just said, but I would say the most essential point that you made is that that you have covered everything and you've done a fantastic job, and I, I respect and honor that. Um, so Alex, in my opinion, you know, he read part of our indictment when Stuart Rhodes was indicted, and he said that this this sounds really bad. This sounds really dangerous as far as the alleged actions of the Oath Keepers, and, and we, no one was given an opportunity you know, it's a very extremely one-sided piece of uh, the indictment. is extremely one-sided, and I I understand that Infowars has permitted both keepers to speak more than probably any other platform, and I greatly appreciate that. And I'm just referring. I'm not trying to you know give Alex a hard time. However, you know I know he's going through a lot of of civil stuff, but he's not facing any criminal charges. And all we're trying to do is convey, convey the truth. And it, it seems, you know, he's trying to avoid any criminal charges, which I completely understand. It's horrific what myself and my two children and wife are going through and everyone else involved. But at the same time, you know, we're trying to keep info wars alive here. But if we're not going to, if we're not going to allow the, the truth, you know, on, on specifically his platform to be spoken about, then what's what's the point if we're worried about you know civil lawsuits and not you know we're, we're compromising what we're talking about because we're afraid of indictment possibly then then I don't see what what the point is you yeah. know it's like no I, I I get your point but I think you know you I, I think you're you're grading him on an unfair curve to to be honest with you now see I'm in a special position because I against my will but thank God, was not in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. I may have made some bad decisions on that day. I was literally like God. I was just like, you just you stay in Austin for this. <laughs> you don't need to be there making bad decisions and ruining your life. So I was here. So I get to talk about all this stuff knowing that I was literally live on television reacting in real time to what was going on in January 6th. So it's – unless I'm the best actor in the world, I think it's kind of impossible to – act as if I knew anything that was going on. Alex isn't in that position. Owen's not in that position. So I don't begrudge them for taking a, a slightly you know, more, more uh, timid uh, approach to this topic. I, I have the ability to be really upfront about this because I was there live in studio while all of it was going on. They were on the ground. We know from the media, and it's not just the media, right? The media is operating off of leaks from things within the FBI where they are doing everything they can to try to conflate Alex Jones leading a protest to the 
claims of seditious conspiracy that are going on. So again, I think I think you got to be a little bit more uh, fair to Alex. And at the end of the day, we are under direct attack at this point and it's not a matter of just convenience going well we don't want to have to deal with this so we're just not going to talk about it it's a matter of survival at this point that all of our focus and all of our you know action is going towards simply surviving the attack against us while at the same time doing everything we can to support the people that are getting an even rougher time with uh, with criminal charges so i appreciate your point roberto but i disagree so uh, there it is and and hopefully you can understand that but hopefully your uh, I, things I go well again, well i i do want to get to other callers but if you want to say say a final well, word go ahead yes so we had a rally that was held in in uh, uh washington dc a few days ago and there was a handful of people there maybe a few dozen my my last point is that we really need help we we are facing incredible financial burdens, life in prison, our, our, everything's been deleted, destroyed, taken from us and our families. Yeah. Uh, my specific give, send, go is give, send, com backslash J six. And my lawyer is re- representing 26 defendants. So any assistance he gets will be tremendously helpful. Anything I receive goes directly to him. So I do have trial coming up after Thanksgiving and if anyone could help, that would be absolutely a godsend. God bless you guys. I'm not here to throw Alex under the bus, just to raise awareness that this needs to be brought to the light, the truth. And I appreciate you for doing that all the time. Well, the, thank you, Roberto. And again, I would just say, take it easy on the guy, man. Alex Jones is under so much pressure and, and, and people expect so much of him. Uh, but he's just one man and, and it's uh, frankly amazing that he is continuing to go on with this operation in the face of all of the opposition and, and threats of being thrown in jail that that he's facing so uh, thank thank you for that roberto and of course we will continue to do everything we can to support the january 6th political prisoners in their battle against unjust charges and political persecution against them uh, and of course we we're very happy to uh, promote the event last weekend and tell our audience to go and join and support the January 6th political prisoners, as we always do. Let's go out to another phone call here. We've got, we'll go to Bernie in Illinois, because you're also on the topic of Ray Epps and the Rhodes trial. Thanks for calling in. Bernie, you're on the air. Harrison, what's up, my brother? Good morning. So, um, so, you know, I'm just, you know, banned from Facebook from Twitter, from a lot of things, but I still have an Instagram. So I'm at Planet Bernie Wood on Instagram. And I usually try to post like three or four pictures with a story and my thoughts on what's going on. So anyway, I posted a meme the other day, which I know is probably not true. It was about uh, who said like Nancy Pelosi talked to Ray Epps on the phone. And I was like, yeah, really? I don't know. And so I posted it and I was like, I don't know if it's true. Someone liked it. And I went and and looked to see who this person was, and I, you know, some nondescript woman. So I just hit follow because her profile was private. So I was like, well, maybe I'll, maybe she'll accept. And then she accepted, maybe a day later, and then she starts messaging me saying, Ray Epps is my dad. And I was like, uh, what? And she keeps going on and on, and she's like, he's basically like Al Bundy trying to live his his glory days of, you know, Polk High, four touchdowns in one game. And he looks just like this kind of a, you know, deadbeat kind of a douchebag. 
anyway, I was like, well, when was the last time you talked to him? And she's, you know, every every question I asked her seemed like, well, it very could well be her dad. I don't know. She kind of looks like him. I don't know. And then she goes on to say that he's a child molester and she doesn't want to talk to him ever again. And that is her mom's just as bad and that he's in hiding, which I also believe that he is in hiding. I don't know if he's a child. I don't know about all that. Anyway, why would someone follow me back and say this stuff if it wasn't really her dad? You know what I mean? And then I looked at her profile, like nothing's political. Nothing's political on her post at all. So, I mean, it's just kind of weird to me. I didn't know what to think about that. And also, this guy in uh, the prison in D.C. that got his eyeball knocked out has cancerous growth and blood clots, and apparently they're refusing a medical treatment now. So, that you know, this is just all goes to show that they're seriously covering up something bad. Like, this guy that got his eyeball knocked out, yeah. he was the guy that Ray Epps told, was, like, huddling about to say, go into the Capitol, uh, uh, I'm Ray Epps, right? Yeah. Like, this guy's well, total I'll tell I'll tell you, the most suspicious thing about Ray Epps is the way the Democrats are defending him. I mean, it's, it is truly bizarre. These are the Democrats who, out of one side of their mouth, they're saying everybody involved in January 6th is a domestic terrorist, a seditionist who should be, and in many cases is, are being thrown into prison. And then here you have a guy who's on tape, the only person on tape, saying, let's storm the, the Capitol, organizing to bust down a barricade. And yet when it comes to him, they're like, leave the man alone. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. What, leave the domestic terrorist alone? Why are you defending this guy? If there's one most suspicious thing about Ray Epps, it's the way the Democrats are defending him out of everybody that they're demonizing. Why don't we talk about cryptocurrency? Because one of the ways that your audience, you encourage your audience to give you money is in cryptocurrency donations, right? Yes. And you have a page on your website that's just for cryptocurrency donations, right? Infowars.com forward slash crypto. Is that a little advertisement just there? Well, we're fighting the deep state. We need okay. money. All right. This is it. Give crypto fun Infowars. Sponsor us with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, right? That will end up as a clip on your show tonight. Your advertisement for your cryptocurrency page. You know, I mean, I mean, people want to keep us in the fight. So I, I, I mean, I hope whoever the big whales are, they'll give us money before we keep doing it. We'll just keep, we'll just keep minting money as you're in this courtroom. Objection. Objection. All right, let's move on. And people care about the First Amendment. And, 